WTBN Pinellas Park. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. And you know, the heart of this problem of wandering is the sinful attitude that we have that we really think we know what's best for ourselves. Somehow, we think we are capable of making the right decisions in life apart from the wise counsel of the Lord and His Word. That's what gets us into trouble. So we make these decisions to do what we want, and we end up straying and wandering and all kinds of troubles, troubles that that we've created. When she started her new job at a textile mill, the new hire received the usual instructions, including the all-important one, to follow what the sign above her workstation indicated. It said, if the threads become tangled, call the foreman immediately for help. Well, sure enough, before her first day ended, the thread became tangled. Not wanting to be a bother, and perhaps wanting to show how competent and independent she was, she tried to untangle the threads on her own. Well, within a minute, and no big surprise, the threads had become a hopeless, knotted mess, and she finally had to swallow her pride, and she called the foreman. As the highly experienced foreman repaired the mess the young lady had created, he asked why she didn't call right away when the machine jammed. She replied, I thought it would be better and easier if I fixed it myself rather than disturbing you. He pointed to the sign and said with a sigh, It would have been better and easier if you had followed the instructions on that sign. Hello and welcome to Verse by Verse. Our teacher, Pastor Steve Kreloff, is guiding us through a study of one of the most beloved pieces of literature ever written, the 23rd Psalm. Pastor Steve is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Some time ago, Pastor Steve preached a series of five messages, uh, taking the congregation verse by verse through Psalm 23. Those five messages are the basis for this series of lessons about our divine shepherd, which we have broken apart into radio-sized portions. Today, we come to the fifth class in a series that we expect will stretch into 14 or 15 classes based on those five sermons. Sometimes, even the most devoted Christ follower goes astray. Even King David, a man the Bible calls a man after God's own heart, went astray. In fact, he went seriously astray plenty of times. Yet he could truthfully say about God, he restores my soul. If you have your Bible, turn to verse 3 of Psalm 23 as we dive into today's lesson. Here's Pastor Steve. In light of the fact that in Psalm 23, David is speaking about the relationship between a shepherd and and a sheep, it seems obvious that the point he is making is that when he, like a wandering sheep, goes astray, he can always count on the Lord to restore him or to return him, he means, to the fold. See, one of the really bad habits that sheep have, and they have some really bad habits, but one of the really bad habits that sheep have is that they are prone to foolishly wander away from their shepherd and the rest of the flock. And off they go by themselves, they get lost, and that's when they get into all kinds of trouble. As we've already mentioned, sheep have no sense of direction, which as I told you last week, I can really relate to that. And they have no GPS that they're following around their necks. They have no sense of direction. So when they wander off from the fold 
they don't know how to return. They don't know where they are. That's why their shepherd has to go after them and bring them back. Because if he didn't do this, they would never find their way back home. Here's the way one Bible teacher explained this very bad habit that sheep have of wandering off. He writes, when one is attracted, meaning sheep, when one is attracted to a clump of grass away from the flock, off he goes. And sometimes he's followed by several other woolly wanderers. Soon night falls, lurking in the darkness, are hungry wolves, four-legged savages looking for a supper of mutton. The shepherd counts his sheep, calling them by name. Realizing he has a wanderer missing, he strikes out to restore that wandering member of his flock, calling its name and awaiting an answering bleat out in the wilderness beneath the eerie glow of the moon. Now, it seems that the point that David is making about having his soul then restored by the shepherd is this, just as real sheep, literal sheep, have a tendency to wander off from their shepherd, so David says he does too. He wanders. He knows that his heart is sinful and inherently weak. You can just read Psalm 51 where he speaks of his own sin. Therefore, he knows that he does tend to wander away foolishly, stray from the Lord, and that's what always gets him in trouble. Now, think about what we know about David's life from the Old Testament. He was a man of God. God called him a man after his own heart, but he was also a man who had problems straying from the Lord. He strayed, certainly, in his adulterous relationship with Bathsheba. He strayed when he made sure that Bathsheba's husband was killed in battle. He strayed in the area of women in general by taking so many of them as his wives and concubines. And the Bible absolutely forbid that for kings in particular. He strayed by not being a good father to his many children. He was extremely negligent of them. I'm always amazed when Absalom died and he was so broken and cried out, Oh, Absalom, Absalom. And I always think, David, why don't you spend time with the young man before he died? He's a terrible father. He strayed when he took a census of Israel instead of trusting the Lord to protect the nation. And there are other issues in David's life too where he strayed. Listen, David knew only too well that his heart was prone to wander. He certainly could have related to the song we sing today, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. And I'm confident that if David were alive today, And a member of our congregation, he would sing as loud as anyone that line from the song, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. See, that was David's experience. At times, he was a wandering sheep, disobediently straying from the God that he did love to do his own sinful things. But David wasn't the only sheep to ever wander. All of us can relate to this. All of us who are believers in Christ are prone to wander from the God that we love. That's why that song is so meaningful to us, because we relate to it. And you know, the heart of this problem of wandering is this sinful attitude that we have, that we really think we know what's best for ourselves. Somehow, we think we are capable of making the right decisions in life, apart from the wise counsel of the Lord and his word. That's what gets us into trouble. 
So we make these decisions to do what we want, and we end up straying and wandering and all kinds of troubles, troubles that, that we've created. Conflicts with people, conflicts within our own marriages, conflicts at work, money troubles, morality issues, ethical problems, on and on it goes, integrity issues. This is why scripture warns us to not lean on our own understanding because we're not capable of, of taking care of ourselves spiritually. We need the word of God. Let's turn to Proverbs. Proverbs gives us that great warning. I want to read to you Proverbs 3, 1 through 6. Solomon, talking to his son, says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Do not let loving kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so you'll find favor and good repute in the sight of God and and man. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. And this is a wonderful passage of scripture. Notice how Solomon calls his son, first of all, to not forget his teaching. What is his teaching? It really is the commandments of God. He, he also urges him to make sure that the virtues of kindness and truth, those virtues which are taught in the Bible, are lived out in our lives. Embrace the truth, but be kind too. He calls him to trust in the Lord, not his own understanding. And if he'll do this, Solomon says, then, then the Lord God will guide your steps so that you will not wander off and go astray. Just follow my teaching. Follow the word of God. Now, folks, all of us have this tendency to wander off by ourselves. No matter how mature you are in Christ, there is this bent in our hearts to wander off by ourselves, thinking that we know what's best for our lives. And before you know it, you're out of fellowship with the Lord. The joy is gone. You've drifted away from the peace that you once had with God, and the joy that you once experienced. You see, the peace and the rest that David speaks of in verse 2, it's always forfeited when you go astray. There is no peace for those who disobey God. As Jesus said, you might have an artificial peace that the world gives, but there's no lasting real peace when you're disobeying God. You only have restlessness then, misery, dissatisfaction. In fact, the Bible refers to sin as being deceitful. Deceitful. Paul called it the lust of deceit, Ephesians 4.22. That's exactly what sin does. It deceives us into thinking that it will bring fulfillment. If I just go down this road, I'll be really satisfied. I'll be really fulfilled. I'll be really happy. But it never does that. You're never satisfied. It only brings frustration and disappointment. Now, there may be someone here today who has strayed from the shepherd. Maybe a little bit, maybe a lot but you've been straying. You know Christ as your Savior. In times past, you've enjoyed his fellowship, but you have drifted and you have wandered away from the Lord, and you know it, and you know you're out of fellowship with him. You know that there's no joy or peace in your life. You know that you're away from him. If that's the case, then here's the good news, and here's the purpose of David telling us about being a wandering sheep in need of restoration. The purpose is to tell us, you don't need to continue like that. You don't need to. If you have strayed from your shepherd, 
The point of this is you can be restored. That's what God does. He restores drifting sheep. You've strayed from your shepherd, you can be restored to him. That's what David said happened to him. And he says it keeps happening to him whenever he does stray from the Lord. He says, he, as we go back to Psalm 23, he, meaning the Lord, restores my soul. Meaning that the Lord as his shepherd always brings him back to the fold. The Lord always causes him to return to his care and fellowship. The Lord always brings him back to the point of repentance over his sin. Question is, so how does he do this? How does the Lord do this? He does it, watch this, through his word. Through his word, by convicting us of our sin and working in our hearts whereby we want to return to him. We're sick of our sin. We want to come back, and we do come back. If you look just back to Psalm 19. Psalm 19, which we spent considerable time studying, but I want you to look at verse 7. David writes, the law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. Now, this psalm, most of it is about the power of the word of God to transform us. That God has revealed who he is through his word. He's also revealed himself in creation, but that's very limited. He's primarily revealed himself through his word. And his word, David tells us, has the power to transform our lives. And one of the things that the word does, it restores our soul. Now, this word restore that David uses in Psalm 19 is the very same Hebrew word that he uses again in Psalm 23 to speak of the Lord restoring his soul. And what this all means is that no matter how far we may have wandered from Christ, no matter how much sinful behavior we have engaged in, no matter how long we have let our lives fall and how low we have let it fall, there is hope. There's hope. And there's hope because the word of God tells us how to get back to the Lord. Where does it begin? It begins when God uses his word to expose us for what we really are. And in doing so, he brings us under deep conviction of our sin so that we can stand the way we've been living. I think the best passage on this is Hebrews, New Testament, Hebrews chapter 4. This is what the Lord does. This is the work in our hearts. It's a painful work, but a great work. It brings pain to us, but it also brings great delight eventually. Hebrews chapter 4, notice what the writer, the inspired writer says, starting in verse 12. Speaking of the word of God, he says, For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing as far as the division of the soul and spirit of both joints and marrows, and able to judge the thoughts, and notice this, the intentions of the heart. God's word looks at our motives, why we do what we do. And the writer goes on to say, there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. What a magnificent statement on the word of God. You see, the way back to the Lord, the way to be restored, it all begins when the word of God turns on the light. It turns the light on your sinful attitudes. 
those attitudes that lead to sinful actions, the motives, the intents, the why we do what we do, those attitudes that we hide in our hearts that nobody knows. Nobody knows what they are, but we know them. We know them. We see them because God's word reveals them to us. What am I talking about? Pride, lust, jealousy, covetousness, resentment of others, sinful ambitions, the arrogance of never thinking we're wrong, the control factor that everybody has to do what I want them to do. All of that lurks beneath the surface in our hearts, pushing us into behavior that is wicked and evil. But it all begins with those attitudes that nobody sees. But the word of God exposes them, and we see it. We see them for what they really are. We see what they really are and how far we have strayed from the Lord. And if we're true believers, if we really have been born again, we come to our senses. When this happens, and like the prodigal son in the parable of the prodigal son, we return to the father. It says he came to his senses. What am I doing? He went back to the father. We return how? We return by confessing our sins. We return with an attitude of complete repentance. We forsake our sin. We turn back to the Lord. We confess it. We agree. This is wrong. We don't make excuses. We don't justify it. We don't say the the end justifies the the means. We embrace 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we don't have to wait until we forgive ourselves. That's not a biblical concept. You didn't sin against yourself. You sinned against God. Ask God to forgive you and then you accept that he has by faith, whether you feel like it or not. And that's when restoration takes place. When we repent. But what was the Lord doing this this whole time when we were straying from him? After all, David said that it was the Lord as his shepherd who restored his soul. So, So what does our shepherd do when we wander from him to bring us back to himself? Listen, he goes after us. He goes after us. I want you to look at Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. This is in the very context of the prodigal son's story. But this is so precious. Luke chapter 15. This is a picture of our shepherd. Starting in verse 1. Now all the tax collectors and the sinners were coming near him, near Jesus, to listen to him. Both the Pharisees and the scribes began to grumble, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable, saying, What man among you, if he has a hundred sheep and has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open pasture and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. When he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I tell you that in the same way there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Now, Jesus always attracted the outcasts of Jewish society. These people, the tax collectors, sinners, they were always drawn to Jesus. They knew that he loved them. They were drawn to his teaching, which was non-legalistic, filled with mercy and grace. They knew that he cared about them. 
They knew that he was interested in them, unlike the Pharisees who were interested in nobody but themselves. Pharisees and scribes, they knew, hated them. They knew that. What we have here is Jesus telling us that they complained to him about socializing with such riffraff of Jewish society. Now, in order to explain why he socialized with such sinners, Jesus tells this story, this little parable that illustrates his loving pastoral heart. As he told them about this shepherd, who really it's a picture of him. The shepherd who having a hundred sheep, when just one goes astray, he cares about that one. That's his heart. He goes after that one wandering sheep and the beauty of this is he does it until he finds it. And what does he do when he finds it? He rejoices. In his joy, he picks up that, that straying sheep lays it on his shoulders, and he carries it home with him. And when he gets home, Jesus said he's so happy to have his sheep back that he calls his friends and his neighbors to rejoice with him and and have a party because he's found and he's restored his sheep that was lost. And the whole point of this story is summed up in verse 7. I tell you, and the Lord is telling this to the complaining, arrogant, nasty Pharisees, I tell you, And he's explaining why he does what he does. In the same way, there'll be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Now, the Pharisees thought they were righteous and they didn't need repentance, but they were not righteous. But that's not the primary point of this. The primary point is to say that the Lord goes after the sheep who stray, who know that they're sinners. This is the Lord's answer to the sinful attitudes of the Pharisees. He said, there is joy in heaven. This is the heart of God, joy in heaven when a lost sheep repents and is restored. In other words, God is is thrilled when one of his wandering people return to him. Now, folks, think about what this parable tells us concerning Christ's role in restoring us as his wandering sheep who get away from him because of our sin. We learn that he takes the initiative. He takes the initiative and he goes after us. I love that. And he doesn't stop pursuing us until he finds us. And what does he do when he finds us? He rejoices. Now think about that. He's not angry. He's not upset. He doesn't reject us. He doesn't beat the little lamb. He rejoices. Some of you want to, I know, but thank God for his mercy and grace. Instead, he rejoices. He lifts us up in our weariness and he even carries us home. The Apostle Paul tells us in Romans 5, 8 and in verse 11 that God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And not only this, but we also exult in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. If you've been wandering away from God and wondering how or even if you can be restored, I hope you have found encouragement in today's broadcast. You've been listening to Verse by Verse with Pastor Steve Kreloff, the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Verse by Verse is a radio ministry of Lakeside, but is funded primarily by interested listeners like you. If you want to find out more about that, visit our website, versebyverseradio.org. At the website, you'll not only find information about giving, you'll have the opportunity to download and listen to any of our previous broadcasts. They are available completely free of charge. 
This is Jerry Peterson, and I'm glad you joined us today. King David beautifully described God's amazing grace in restoring us to fellowship with himself when we go astray. But beyond that, God offers to help us not to wander off again. Today we heard about the first part of verse 3 of Psalm 23, He Restores My Soul. On our next verse-by-verse, Pastor Steve will be moving on to the next part of that verse, He Guides Me in the Paths of Righteousness. Maps and signs are important to have when traveling on familiar territory, but what a bonus if we have a guide as well. Jesus, our divine shepherd, wants to be that guide. Next time on Verse by Verse, we'll consider how he guides us. You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit versebyverseradio.org. That's Verse by We're here to give you strength between